to the Fourth and Forever podcast. My name is Stuart Bothell. I am even more excited than I usually am. And uh, as ever, I am enjoyed by, I'm sure, my equally excited uh, comrade, Darren Butter. How are you feeling, Darren? Good. I can't wait for, for this game. I think this is probably <laughs> the first Super Bowl I've actually been like, yeah, this could be a shootout. This could be good. I think all the other ones have had really good defensive teams, like really good defensive teams. Um, for the past, what, Denver and and the Patriots, obviously, and every other one. Yeah, it's this is like the first one that feels like it's a real gunslinger. Uh, well, n- now that you've said that, the game's going to finish uh, six to three, which is also uh... <laughs> also fine as well. So yeah, it's going to be six to three. The referees are going to be all over it. They're just going to be talked about for for years to come. Terrible calls all over the place. It's going to be really awful. But no, seriously, this um, on paper looks like just an amazing matchup. Uh, the San Francisco 49ers and the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, we said uh, earlier on that we think that these are definitely two teams that deserve to be here. Uh, this is the, the right matchup. Um, it's just going to be really interesting to see how they go against each other. Like Both teams have just been red hot, um, especially in the last few weeks and through the postseason. Uh, like both had... Um, pretty eventful regular seasons that the 49ers were in absolutely every game that they were in and um and, and had a couple of heartbreaking losses here and there uh KC they had to do with Patrick Mahomes for a while um and Matt Moore came in and got them a couple of wins got them to the situation that they they needed to be in but now Patrick Mahomes looks uh <laughs> well better than ever I think is probably something that a lot of people would say and um yeah it just looks amazing on paper Really, really can't wait for this. Yeah, it's um, when you you say like teams that deserve it. Um, I think the Forty Nine ers probably had the hardest schedule in the league. You know, playing their own division twice and then playing the the AFC North as well. Um, mm-hmm. and then playing Green Bay as a as one of their wild card games. So they had a really, really difficult schedule there, and they they've really managed. Yeah, but Green to... Bay aren't that good though, so. <laughs> But you know they were thirteen and three. So if you look at somehow wins and losses, um, it was definitely competitive. And then on the other side, the Chiefs. You know they had a few ups and downs this season. But I think in terms of individual talent and individual plays, the Chiefs are probably the the next best team, at least in like um, their stars really performing. Um, mm-hmm. and, you know there could be a case that you know over the course of the season people would have thought that the um, the Ravens would have been more. Um, deserving of a Super Bowl spot, but you got to win your playoff games. So here we are, and Andy Reid's done that in the past. He's won playoff games. He's made it here before, um, and I, I wonder how much that will come into it. Um, that he has been in this game before, um, twice. He was. He's been here as a head coach and lost, and he's been there as a assistant coach and lost as well. So is mm, is I'm... not experiencing anything in the Super Bowl better than experiencing three losses? Well, you say that, but uh, Kyle Shanahan, I believe he was in charge of that um, Atlanta Falcons team. <laughs> yeah, that, so he was. Um, so yeah, he's been there as well. Lost to New England in the, the 20, 20, was it 28-3 uh, yeah. comeback. Um, so, yeah, he's he's got his own experience. Uh, like, I suppose it's, it's interesting to think about how these respective coaches uh, will will take their, their previous experiences. Uh, is it something that they'll they'll learn from, but then they'll maybe overcompensate for, like uh, what, like rather than uh, doing what 
he did in the Atlanta Falcons versus New England Patriots game where they essentially allowed Matt Ryan to get sacked and taken out of field goal range. Will, will they more a running team? I would say yes. They'll focus primarily on the run with San Francisco as they have done all season. Um, but yeah, I've got my own takes on that. And uh, I think that we should just kind of get, like dive right into what we think are going to be some of our our key matchups of this game. Uh, so, have you got anything in particular you'd like to lead with, or should I just go with what I've uh, what I've picked out as some of my key thoughts? I think um, the my my main this is a bit of a interesting way of taking this concept, but one of my main um, matchups will be um, Jimmy Garoppolo versus Longford Downs. Mm. Um, <laughs> as a as a as a situation, so more versus the situation than versus anyone in particular. He's been, you know, so poised and unmovable in third down situations when he's been needed. And to be fair to the running game, he's not needed to do it very often, but he's been there every game he's played this season. He's made key third down, especially in that Seattle game when he got them into field goal range um, off of two third and eights. And the... The Chiefs' defense does have the ability to push him back, so mm. I think that's if he can can keep them on the field and and limit the Chiefs' uh, offensive possessions by doing so, then then that's going to make a, a big difference in this game. Yeah, I'd certainly agree with that like um, Jimmy G for the most part his poise is excellent, especially when it comes down to the critical points in the game. Um, but what, one of the things that I had noted down, which sort of follows on from that, is uh, Jimmy G versus the middle of the field. Because like he's been really good at throwing outside the numbers, especially when it really matters. But it seems to totally, he seems to totally forget that linebackers are a thing sometimes. I've mentioned this before, and he does consistently run into problems when throwing across the middle. So this is traditionally something which is supposed to be the opposite traits for quarter, uh, quarterbacks, because they're supposed to find it easier to throw against linebackers who are not supposed to be as great in pass coverage. Uh, and the KC linebackers are a bit of a weakness, uh, but you know at least they can still get in the way. Even the worst linebackers can still get in the way. But with um, the KC um, cornerbacks being like particularly good against wide receivers, it might force them to throw across the middle a little bit more. Um, obviously, the KC are missing Juan Thornhill, who was excellent for this season. Um, but yeah, I reckon that they're probably still going to try and force Jimmy G to to throw down the middle. It is going to be a case of, well, to me, what what can you do with George Kittle, which is yeah, well, a that's, lot that's, against that like those players over there. That's the immediate thing when you say that it's like, oh, they're going to want him to throw it in the middle, but then he's throwing it to Kittle, and then you can't double team Kittle. Because mm. I think that's one of the reasons why he's so good outside the numbers is because they're they're filling the box, trying to get Kittle and. Um, the young lad um, covered covered off um, in the middle of the field, which does lead to... Debo Samuel? Is that what no, young lad you're No, to? the Bor- Kendrick Bourne. Oh, Kendrick Bourne, yeah, okay. Yeah, um, they're trying to keep them covered because they're the ones that you know convert the, the first downs. And it does leave people like Debo and Sanders open on the outside, which, you know they are the kind of players that you do want to be throwing to on the outside. So it's a little bit of a matchup problem, but the Chiefs with the cornerbacks they've got and, and um, Matthew and Sorensen, you know, it's such a good, this is why this game is so fun. Like it, 
anyone can turn up on a day. Sorensen could have another MVP-like performance mm-hmm. over like one quarter and completely flip the game like he did against the the, um, the Vikings. So. Yeah, I I do have this feeling or the, that the Texans. Uh, sorry. Yeah, I do have this feeling that Daniel Sorensen and Tyron Matthew are going to have a big part to play in this game, uh, one way or another. Uh, both have been playing really, really well down the stretch. Um, Matthew in particular I alluded to the other week being a guy who just seemed to be on every single play the other week. And yeah, like, like you said, Sorensen against the Texans, he just he was blowing up plays all, all over the place. We just had a um, five-play period when he caused two, caused the fourth in conversion and then he, he um, caused two forced fumbles <laughs> in the space <laughs> of like four minutes. Um, and it really flipped the game for them. But obviously the, the Chiefs' offense had to, to go out and make those points happen afterwards, but they did. And and that's what I'm saying. You just you have to keep... Both of these teams have to keep be kept off the field. You have to kind of go with that, OK, well, we can maybe score seven points in, in you know, six in like a minute. But if we, if we get to the red zone in a minute and then we get a field goal... <laughs> Then we're giving the ball right back to this running team. We might not see it again for um for twenty minutes, you know. So it's mm. oh, it's just fun, man. Um, on both sides of that for Garoppolo, you know, he's he's got to convert those third downs and he he's got to avoid those linebackers. Yeah, well, you alluded to to their uh, San Francisco's running game has obviously been uh the, the talk of the NFL this season and the way that. Uh, Shanahan is just scheming holes for players and then when it comes to the passing plays it's a lot of really short stuff but he's, he's opened up so much space for them to run through which is why they lead the league in yards after the catch um, but yeah for me that running game and how it performs is going to be key to how they decide to to move going forward so um, Casey's main weakness in their defense all season has been the running game Uh, which they were woeful at through the course of the regular season. However, when they have needed to stop a big-time runner like Derrick Henry, for example, they've managed to do so, certainly towards the end of the season. Now, San Francisco's running game is not something that's... It's different from anything else, really. They've run on this completely different level. Um, So their creative running attack will surely be where Casey will focus. So if San Francisco are very successful in the ground game, then they'll just completely try and ground it out and just choke the game. Uh, but if they're somewhat successful, then you'll start to see a lot of play action being used to open up like Sir George Kittle, who'll uh, start off on a block and you'll break off of it and uh, move up the seam or across the down marker. And you'll get like Sir Debo Samuel and Manuel Sanders just sort of coming across these like short crossers, um, like giving Jimmy G these the, the shorter options. Um, so, like, and so, I think that's where it's going to go. If if Casey can do what they did to the likes of Derrick Henry and stop that running game, and then put the ball in Jimmy G's hands for for the entire game, rather than just asking him to uh, do what he needs to do when he needs to do it, rather than having six like, completions in a game on eight attempts, then that that is the one. That's, that's what you want to do. That's your in your pick your poison scenario, I think they want Jimmy G to be throwing it. Yeah, um, but I did read somewhere that technically Jimmy G is a veteran because of the big gap <laughs> in ages in the NFL. So, you know, most all our Hall of Famers are getting up there in their 
early 40s and late 30s and then everyone else is like 23 years old. Jimmy G's mm-hmm. 29. Jimmy G's, yep. he's, he's the right age to be in the Super Bowl. He's like what you'd expect. Um, the age of quarterback, he's been in a few years and, and, and done the rounds. And, um, I but think this is his first complete season as a starter. Yeah, I know. So he's technically not. And um, he does have two Super Bowl rings. The thing with Jimmy G is that he he's a bit hot and cold. And I think he he's the kind of quarterback, he doesn't make it happen himself. So he does rely on his team, you know, being in the right route, routes and lanes and, and doing exactly their part. You know, they need to do what he can't like make it up. He can't work off the fly like Mahomes and that can. He if you run the wrong route through the middle of the field, Jimmy G's getting the ball off in two seconds and if the linebacker's standing where you were meant to be, it's an interception. Mm. He he doesn't seem to um look for kind of cricks in the play. It's just more that's what I was told to do. Um so he needs to be better with his reads, obviously. But mm-hmm. he does require his teammates to follow their routes to a T. Like he does require quite a tight route mm-hmm. um, on his throws because he's so trusting of them to be in the right place. And it has burned him a couple of times this season. You know, he's only what fifteen for seven in the regular season, so fifteen mm-hmm. touchdowns to seven interceptions. So he does get them into the red zone, though. So. I mean, it's going to yeah, be yeah, more you get, about... gets them down there and then it gets into the hands of Matt Breda and Raheem Mostert and everything and just gets done that way. Yeah. It's the thing. If you're getting Jimmy G doing that, but then he's take, they're taking five, six minutes off the clock every time they have the ball, then that's, that's fine as well. You mm-hmm. just need to convert a couple of touchdowns. Otherwise, you know, you can fall quite quickly behind to this Chiefs team. Yeah, and that's, that's another thing. So conversely to the... The 49ers wanting to control the game uh, with the running attack. If KC get their hands on the ball and then they just start throwing dimes all over the place and and absolutely destroying the 49ers on on defense uh, and then putting up points, if the Niners fall behind and then they have to start chasing the game, uh, that, that is something that we haven't really seen much this season. They don't tend to fall behind. Um, so we've not really seen what it's like for for Jimmy G to get into that sort of hole with this team, and like, will they just continue to to trust their running game? Uh, it it just kind of d- depends on how the flow of the game's going, and it does uh, it it does depend. They have to be reactive. Um, but of, of course, you're you're saying, oh, Casey might go and put up all these points. But San Francisco have one of the best defenses in the league, um, ranked second through the course of the regular season. Um, and Richard Sherman's been playing lights out a cornerback. That um, that that front seven for for San Fran's been been crazy good as well. Probably the strongest unit there with like Nick Bosa, DeForest Buckner, Eric Armstead, D Ford. Like those guys. That's that's all like Pro Bowl players there. Yeah, they've. Um, they've um, I read a Ringer um, a blog that um, they said pretty much that the the Forty ers line is like the defensive version of the the Cowboys offensive line. It's mm. like every single one of them is a pro baller or or at least a first round pick. Um even they said that if Solomon Thomas takes more than the minimum snaps required, so if he takes like five snaps to get on the you know on the box score, then he's gonna this this is the first defense ever that's had 
every one of their players be a first round pick um, mm. in the line. So it's it's interesting because I think they will package in Thomas. Thomas, like he hasn't had a lot of opportunity, but he did get a couple of sacks in the championship game, and he did he did play. So you're thinking that you're saying what well, you listed off there, and then you've got a guy you picked third overall on the bench to come in when they're tired. Hmm. It's it's very impressive, um, but I guess we'll, we'll see. But, but you know they they're not relying on McCoy. I I was surprised they haven't at least tried to package McCoy into a couple of these playoff games, um, and. You know, Williams does have a habit of not turning around quick enough when he gets well, thrown the ball. Yeah, I, I'd say that like Damian Williams has actually uh, like come up when asked to, especially in the passing game uh, this this uh, postseason. Um, so, like, I think they've not needed to do anything with the the running game because the passing game is such a strength. Yeah, that they're just like, well, what we're going to do is just absolutely just just air out the entire game until we're far enough ahead and then we can just start running it if if we want but we're still really really good so why don't we just keep throwing it um if if, if you if you're that good at passing the ball uh, then it doesn't matter about um the, the the way in which you incorporate the running game um it's just there as a supplemental thing and before um, and yeah but yeah like obviously I think everyone was expecting more of LaShawn McCoy, but um, yeah, he's just kind of turned into a bit of a bit part player there in KC. Yeah, um, if we're looking at matchups, one of the big matchups I kind of think is um, you know Alexander versus um, Kelsey, or a combination of those flashy linebackers versus Kelsey. Um, yeah, that's they, one of they, my they do have a habit points, of yeah. diving in. Um, mm-hmm. Certainly, Quan Alexander, who's just a, a human missile. If you think, if you miss Kelsey on the route, then he's away for a touchdown. So mm. if they're in man to man, you know one of the, one of these lads is going to have to really pick up and just be disciplined when it comes to you know wrap up. Don't let him get away. Yeah. Um, well, like I guess it depends on who you've got lining up on Kelsey because well you you've got uh, Fred Warner who traditionally plays the the Mike position that's in in the middle. Um, if you if he's on Quan Alexander's side. Alexander's quick, but I'm not quite sure how good he is in pass coverage. Uh, Dre Greenlaw has obviously had a couple of key plays this season, but I don't know. Like, there's there's very few people who can match up against Travis Kelsey. Um, but like, I, I've and then when you look back at who else they might bring in to have a go at him, I wouldn't really trust the safeties. Like, I, I don't think that uh, Jimmy Ward, who's <laughs> been having some problems recently i don't think he'd be the guy to have in there so they're also kind of weak on um on cornerbacks so if if one of the cornerbacks comes out with a play you know has to run the length of the field to break up a 40 yard bomb Mm. and then twist an ankle or you know they're just in a different or they can't get their substitutions right the Mm. the two boys that come in um after you know sherman and, and his mate that they're not as good there's a real drop off in quality mm. and that's how the vikings got their first 10 points yeah um, in that game was from t- exploiting that and then they made the substitution um so 
there's going to be a bit of luck involved, obviously, in the Super Bowl, but, you know, this game just has that kind of feel that it could go kind of Seahawks Broncos to me. If one team has, like, the worst start ever, it could be, like, a 50-20 or... A... We don't talk about that game. <laughs> it's just, you know, it, it has that, that feel where, you know, everyone's going to have to be on their best because both these teams are good. Mm-hmm. Um, the... I don't know what the Chiefs are doing, but they need to get out and do some warm-ups because they've been useless. Useless in the first quarter. Um, Who who needs a first quarter when you've got, you know, like 28 points in the second? Your your mentality has to be pretty good if you're 20 points down in the second quarter of the Super Bowl. (laughs) Traditionally, the Super Bowl, like, starts off a bit slow and then you're just waiting for it to heat up. And sometimes it never really gets there, like last season's Super Bowl and then sometimes you get like your your Patriots Eagles where things just go absolutely oh, like balls to the wall insane um so and but that's just the nature of the game like the way that teams tend to work with their their nerves and have they, have they been there before um I think the the attitude of a team like the Patriots is like oh well here we go again whereas an attitude of Say a team like, well, the Rams last year just didn't seem ready for it. But conversely, the, the Eagles, the, the season before, were just like, well, we're, we're here. We deserve to be here. And we're just going to go without, play without fear and sling it. And I, I don't know, it just depends on how these game plans tend to, tend to come, come together. Uh, I think apparently uh, Kyle Shanahan said that he was, like, he's only going to start like, planning most of his uh, first fifteen plays or whatever on on Friday, um, like so because like t- like a lot of teams traditionally have to scheme up a few starting plays. Um, I, I, I don't know, it's 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 just, just so impossible to tell. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, That's just it's, so good it's about this game. I love it. Yeah, I love it. And you you mentioned Travis Kelsey there, and like you know who's going to be best suited to cover him, and we talked about the linebackers there, but. On the other side, of course, you can't talk about one without talking about the other. So George Kittle and whoever is covering him is going to be a key aspect as well. With the two two best tight ends in the game being involved in this Super Bowl, we just cannot go without it. So Kittle is probably the best all-rounder in the game right now. And I actually think that he has a better matchup in this one because uh, the KC linebackers just won't be able to get anywhere near him. He's too fast and he's too good at getting off of his blocks. Um, and their cornerbacks are pretty good at covering receivers, so that should mean that Kittle will get probably the bulk of the targets, as you'd expect. Um, so I, like that that matchup with him and like whether it's Tyron Matthew or Daniel Sorensen or I don't know, will they end up having someone like uh, like Hitchens or Wilson on him there? Oh, just yeah, it's it's going to be like really interesting to see how it is that Casey want to try and stop Kittle because if they can't do it, Kittle could go for 125 and two touchdowns. Yeah. Um, but he also could not. And that's maybe another <laughs> well, yeah. outcome. Is that I'm just throwing numbers out there in case it happens, and I can go back but, and see, well, I told you so. The thing with George Kittle as well is that he kind of... Uh, he plays a, for a team that can be quite set in their ways when it comes to their running and and as a guy who had kiddo as a very late cheap pick in fantasy when you watch some of these games it is a bit frustrating when 
they're running a draw play or a fullback lead when Kittle's open. Like they they don't always make the throw. They seem like you know, and that's maybe another thing with like Garoppolo just doing what he's told and being well, a doing good, doing what he needs to do. Being it's, a good soldier, like... you know, it's worked. But there's been a couple of times where it's like they'll hand the ball off to get a one yard third down completion, and you're sitting watching Kittle sprint into the end mm-hmm. zone untouched because well, like, all they had to do could... was like quickly audible when they had a one on one. They 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 don't seem to do that a lot in terms of getting Kiddo open. Um, he makes his plays when he gets them, which is why he's so good. And he's so he's good just, at He's just not needed blocking. to do it. Yeah. Like, that's just the thing. Like You've got this amazing weapon in George Kittle, but if you can get your running game going, which is traditionally you know safer, um, and that's something that the 49ers just thrived on this year, then you just don't need to use your stellar weapon. But he's there as your, your safety blanket if you start falling behind. So, like, as I said before, if they can establish the running game and be very, very good at it, then we could see Jimmy just throw for, like, you know, 12 attempts in this game or something like that. But it's less less likely to happen because, you know, this is the Super Bowl and, you know, you're coming up against, like, Frank Clark and Chris Jones coming back in for KC is is massive in this one as well. Probably, I think people are calling him now the, the best interior lineman outside of Aaron Donald at the moment, which is pretty fair to say. Um, so if, if he can have an impact on the running game and force them to start passing, yeah, I can definitely see Kittle being involved very heavily in this one. Yeah. Um, there's like little wrinkles where I just think like it's the same same division, but, you know, like big what-ifs where it's like, Oh, what if like the 49ers had gone all in on thinking they were going to make the Super Bowl and gone and got like Patrick Peterson or something? <laughs> and then they could have lined up with Sherman against Kiddo. I uh, sorry, Sherman against Kelsey in the, the slot. And they're, they're just, I think that's going to be a big factor for them is how depleted they are with reserves. They, they, above their CB1 and 2, they, they don't have anyone. Um, and I don't think Mahomes is going to be worried about throwing the ball to Sherman's side. Um, and I don't think Andy Reid is going to be that worried either. Like that's how Sherman. Sherman is a great player, and he was PFF's number one overall rated cornerback this season, which dives into the minutia and it gets through it. So it's obviously a very good stat, and it's very well deserved. Um, but, but a lot of players don't throw at Sherman off of reputation mm. and I don't think Mahomes or Reed are going to follow that pact. I think they're gonna they're gonna get him one on one with Sanders and uh, sorry, one on one with Hill Terry and Hill. yeah and Watkins and they're gonna they're gonna not necessarily target him, but they're at least gonna give him his fair share. Well like Richard Sherman, he has been lights out this season, and when he has been thrown to, he has been very good. Not allowed very much not allowed much at all. But the one time where he was beaten this year was against Tyreek Hill because he was just defending that over the top so much. He just looked like he was afraid to let Tyreek Hill go um, and he was just kind of giving him the underneath stuff. So perhaps this happens again until Sherman like is put into the position where he has to bite and then Hill just runs that uh, that that quick slant and go or something like that and um, blows by him, turns on the Jets and uh, Mahomes just finds him with five yards of separation and away he goes. Um, hard hard to say, but of course, 
it, it depends on where you line them up because if if you've got Tyreek Hill going against Richard Sherman, then okay, who's covering Travis Kelsey? Who's covering Sammy Watkins? Who's covering Damian Williams out the backfield? You've got so many concerns that you need to address. And if if Tyreek Hill is left, say, one on one with a safety, you know fine well that Mahomes is going to be going for that. It's it's just it's a given. Um so yeah, like I, I I do like Richard Sherman, but if there's anyone that can beat him in this league, it's Tyreek Hill. And so if you see him up over there, don't be surprised to to see him get done. Yeah, it's it's just exciting. Like we haven't even really talked about the the myth that is Patrick Mahomes, you know. <laughs> On top oh, of warming all up of this, to it, I suppose. We've got Patrick Mahomes, who's probably the best. He's the best doing it just now, and mm-hmm. he has the potential to be the best that's ever done it. Um, At this rate, yeah. Obviously, you, you kind of have to take it with a pinch of salt and say that oh, he's still young, and there's all these other things, like you know, people who've done it for longer, but. There's been very few players who have managed to play at such a high level through the first two years of starting in their their career. Um, it does help with having that the weapons he's got around him, but he's still delivering at a crazy rate, and his 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 mobility is something which is like I wouldn't say forgotten about, especially after that run that he had uh, last week, uh, the twenty seven yard touchdown, incredible. Um, like yeah, he he can do it. Like what he does is he will like even if guys aren't open, he can stretch a play, and he's got that cannon of an arm, so he can afford to drop a little bit further than other quarterbacks, and he'll still deliver it with pinpoint accuracy to where it needs to go. So like, rather than having like a three step or a five step drop back, he can drop all the way back about like eleven, ten yards, and and still sling it. And if he drops that far back, and someone's getting to him. He's got the presence of mind, the great pocket presence to step up into the pocket. Uh, like, and likes of Mitchell Schwartz will uh, be defending him all day. Um, so I guess it just depends on you know what's going to happen. It, it's the, the big key lineup for me is what Mahomes manages to do against these edge defenders, uh, because obviously Nick Bosa has been. Uh, a man on fire in his, his first season. But, but D Ford, when he went out, the that defensive line kind of took a step back, it seemed, which made the... like I think it kind of exposed the San Francisco secondary just a little bit. And since he's come back in, uh, the, like, the time taken to get to the quarterback has been cut. So it, I guess, just depends on how much they, how much they want it. But, um, yeah, just seeing how quickly it takes for San Fran's defensive linemen to get to the quarterback is going to have a big impact in this game. And if you're looking at the weaknesses on the line for, for KC, you, I'd probably still have to say it's that, that left side uh, with Eric Fisher. So I, I can see Eric Fisher being like victimized in this game if, if they can. They're going to be aiming for him because Schwartz is uh, probably the best right tackle in the game right now. Yeah, and that's definitely something that, that helps. I don't think a lot of people um have taken into account that he does have Schwartz and on that right side and you know, when you're looking that way and making all these slant throws, just knowing you've got that right tackle and he's not letting anyone get past and, and Damian Williams has has been good at getting the his hands on 
the rusher before he breaks for his route. Like mm-hmm. it's Andy Reid. They just do so many things really well. And in in that system, you know, you saw like Alex Smith, his his role in that system was to not lose the game. Um, and then Mahomes comes in. And it's like, no, your your role in this team is to win the game. Like it's a very different mindset, same system, mm-hmm. just different, different expectations and trust. And yeah, different skill sets, I'd, I'd say as well. Uh, with no no disrespect, Alex Smith, but we can all see why Patrick Mahomes was given the reins of this team now because he's a truly special talent. His his mobility, his accuracy, his strength. Uh, it's it's all there on show week after week. It, he's doing it consistently, and I just can't wait to see what he does against a good defense in San Francisco. Yeah, the the joy of this game for me is that I've always, you know, gone into a Super Bowl and you know, no offense to you, you and your dad and the Broncos fans out there, but you know, I went into None watching taken. the Super Bowl in Cam to have a good game. He didn't, but that's fine. But you, you go in like certain players, you know, you want to win. There always seems to be like a, an, an evil empire or a, someone you're going up against that you don't want to, to win. You know, it's like, <laughs> yeah. oh, Peyton and Broncos have already been in this Super Bowl. They've already been here. Um, same with the Patriots. And it just always kind of has a different feel. Don't you dare go and put the Broncos in the same category as the Patriots for that sort of stuff. Jesus, man, that's not fair. Yeah, well, you've... There's a reason why C.G. Anderson's played in like five of the last Super Bowls. <laughs> it's because you guys kept getting there, and then you know the Rams got there, and so did the um, the Panthers. So there's yeah. yeah, that's the weirdest stat in history. Did we did we actually mention that stat to our listeners? How this that was is a weird one, but the yeah, first you, you Super Bowl. So this is the first Super Bowl in eight years that hasn't featured either Legarrette Blunt. Blount or CJ Anderson. Obviously, maybe if you want to have a Super Bowl run, you need to sign one of these guys. Uh, the Rams did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it worked out all right. Uh, whatever happened to Legarrette Blount? Never saw him at all this year. I think people still drafted him quite high in some leagues as well. But um, Isn't yeah, he on the Lions? He's in Lions. Not recently, unless he was injured or something. I thought they let him go. Anyway. Let's not let matter. this descend into talking about Legarrette Blunt because that is about the <laughs> least relevant thing that we could possibly be talking about right now. Um, in terms of this game, I, I, I kind of want Mahomes to win because I, he's terrifying, and if he, I just want him to fulfil it. You know, I want I want uh, him to be our Jordan <laughs> in this yeah. like sport. You know, it's like if you're gonna do it, do it. Um, but you, you have to be careful what you wish for because uh, I, I remember when Tom Brady first came on the scene and it's like, wow, what a, what a great story. I, I can't believe this. This guy has come from seemingly nowhere and he's, he's, he's won. And then he comes back again. It's like, oh, he's, he's done it again. This is a, amazing. Then when he gets to a third one, you're like, okay, just settle down a bit now and, and you know, nine, let, let someone else have them. a go. And he just keeps going. I was like, would you just stop? Don't be that guy. And as much as I like, I do really like Patrick Mahomes and I'm not supposed to like the Chiefs, I, I want them to be quite good. <laughs> it's amazing to see. It's really super fun to watch. But I don't want this to be the beginning of 10 straight seasons of Patrick Mahomes going to a Super Bowl and just absolutely dominating anyone. Uh, and I suppose... 
from the other side of things, like I quite like uh, San Francisco and the Shanahan connection to the Broncos as well. And I think that, well, I think that there's loads of different narratives here. On the, on the San Francisco side, you've got, obviously, it's been a while since they've been involved in the Super Bowl. Uh, it was the mid-90s since they last had their last one. Kyle Shanahan wanting to get rid of the ghosts of 28-3. Um, you have Andy Reid on the other side for KC. He's you know just never quite made the big one, one of the best coaches ever to never quite win the big game. And KC haven't been to the Super Bowl in 50 years. You know, there's there's all, all sorts of narratives and who deserves what. And um like I just can't decide who I want to be rooting for in this game. Um other than that, I've got a Patrick Willis jersey upstairs, so I'll probably just wear that and say, yeah, I guess San Francisco slightly, but it's not who I think's gonna win necessarily. And like I'm just looking forward to watching a good game and just we'll roll with whatever narrative happens going forward and just hope it doesn't get too out of hand. Yeah. The the thing I like about this game is that other than obviously the, the Tyreek Hill stuff that we not won't go into, but every single player other than Tyreek Hill just seems to really deserve <laughs> this. Like, you know, you got Mostert with his like being cut by six teams, and then you've got Jimmy Garoppolo coming back from the ACL injury and being behind Brady and not and getting his chance to be the man, and then you got the other side, Mahomes just being Hall of Famer already and you know, um, Sammy Watkins saying that he'll take less money to stay, and it just these teams, and then like Mitchell Smorts just being an amazing dude, um, and mm. they're just they're both teams are likable, like really likable, and I think a lot. And they're of, entertaining. They're fun. That is good. They're good to watch, and it's just yeah. <laughs> It's it's interesting after the last five or six years that we have that. It feels like it's nice to be happy with both teams that are in the Super Bowl for once because it's it's been a while. I feel like I'm just bagging the Broncos, but it feels like we've got two 2015 Carolina Panthers in this one. Like we don't, the narrative's there for both these young quarterbacks to really, you know, win it. It's like there's no 40 year old. You just told me that Jimmy G's an old elder statesman. Come on, man. He's 29. Like, <laughs> p- pick your narrative. <laughs> but there's no, there's no like, 40-year-old quarterback standing in the way of these young lads. They've both got an opportunity to, to put a new name on it. This um, is it. It's the potential, like, this could be the changing of the guard. Uh, it's something that we've t- talked about before. It is a narrative that gets spun a lot. But with the likes of Philip Rivers having his problems with uh, the Chargers, not that he's ever been anywhere near the big game. <laughs> Do you uh, see the memes? I just ask the memes. It's like LA reacting to Philip Rivers um, being being released. And it's just people at the beach. <laughs> 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 they just they don't care. They and how they care. like and you know you go with the media stories and we're not going to um, as discussed previously. We won't go into it. But they like told the media on Sunday that they were releasing Rivers or they were planning to release them or it was up for debate and, like, no one cared because LA had other things going on. Um, and they... It just seems to be, like, this guy has had an opportunity to get into the Hall of Fame off his stats and it's just... It's gone. Like, the, the well, Chargers have really just been like, okay, well, see it. Depending on how the Hall of Fame view... Hall of Fame quarterbacks. I mean, Philip Philip Rivers was statistically an excellent quarterback in the regular season. When it came to the big games that mattered, I've very rarely seen 
someone just failed to show up as as often as he has. Uh, and he, he's done it through the course of his time, even just in regular season against the likes of the Broncos and stuff. Um, I've, I've seen plenty of seasons where the Broncos have not been the better team, but they managed to overcome Rivers just because, I don't know, just the situation gets too big for him or something. Yeah. I don't know. But um, yeah, that's one of many, many narratives that we're going to have to explore at some point through the course of the, the postseason. But um, in the meantime, we've got a Super Bowl to watch, man. Yeah, it's going to be highly entertaining. Um, and I guess, are, are we going to go into our picks? And Yes, please. Uh, so if you want to go ahead, give us, if you possibly can, just some semblance of a, a reasonable scoreline for this game. I'm going with the Chiefs because mm-hmm. I want to. And if <laughs> I say it aloud, maybe it will make it happen. Um, or it will jinx it. Yeah, either way, you know, as long as it's a good game. Um, yeah. I'm going probably with some garbage time stuff, probably um, 43-30 to the Chiefs, Oof, wow. but close, a slobber knocker. close until the end. Uh, maybe a, a a pick six at the end or a you know a fumbled you know a fumble in the last drive kind of thing yeah. to okay. push it away. But I think it'll probably be like 35-30. With Jimmy G with the last possession, I just don't think mm. he'll get it done, unfortunately. Mm, I see. Okay, I see that. Um, I can see Casey managing to like just pull out ahead enough in this one, and the Forty ers again also just not been able to do quite enough to get back into it. Uh, so I, I'm I'm going for something a little more conservative in twenty eight twenty seven in favor of the Chiefs. So still still really close um, in this one, but of course that could be totally blown up if the the 49ers can really get in at Patrick Mahomes and just like force him out of his comfort zone if there is such a thing as a lack of a comfort zone for Pat Mahomes who really knows but um yeah i i just have this feeling that that team is just too explosive right now to to not you know not to, to be able to be stopped um but yeah i'm just really really looking forward to finding out just how wrong i am and see, see just where where this game ends up going. Yeah, it it would be after we say that to have most start go for another hundred and fifty yards and <laughs> yeah, the forty niners to 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 really put their foot down. But I I, I don't see it um, in that way. I don't think I think they'll 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 there'll be a lot of yards in this game. It will be semi shootout ish, but. Well, like it's it's is that whole thing of like the the strength of San Francisco is that running game, and the weakness of Kansas City has been their run defense, and uh, like the, the way that Kansas City are passing on anyone right now, uh, probably the weakness in San Fran is perhaps their secondary, but that's often made up for by their their front seven. Who knows? It's it's um like I say, unstoppable force versus a movable object. Um, what's going to happen? Only time will tell, and we are so close to ending all of the conjecture and all of the talk and all of the analysis for before the game, and then we can get into the, the same again straight afterwards, which I'm sure we shall. But um, yeah, again, I just want to sign off and say that it's been an excellent season so far, and it looks like, fingers crossed, we're going to get the Super Bowl that this season deserves. Exactly, and, and we'll obviously, going forward, we're doing a 
Super Bowl review pod, but then we've got a few awards pods and more fun stuff. And mm-hmm. then and then maybe for for your um your mate we might do a focus on you know the the Bungles and the the Dolphins and give, <laughs> give the other teams some some time and a little bit of love yeah yeah cool cool I, we can do that we've got a Super Bowl someone's got to win the Super Bowl first so indeed so you got anything else you'd like to add there Darren no just I'm really glad that we're not talking about how this game's going to be run one on pump blocks and stuff <laughs> like we <laughs> yeah. normally are when we're talking about the Patriots when they're in the Super Bowl but um a little thing on that on the special teams is that. I wouldn't be surprised if Mirko Hardman does a does a, a his best impression of um the Seahawks lad Percy does his best Percy impression and, and get some Percy stuff Harbin. in the end zone. Yeah, he he is certainly a bit of an X factor. Uh, wouldn't throw out there. Uh, never really know he can really take it all the way. Um, so yeah, I, I guess uh, that's it. Everyone, get your beers in the fridge. Uh, go buy yourself lots of nachos. Get the hot dogs on, and we'll see you after the game. And I am really interested to know how the British that are listening consume this game. Do do they stay up and drink at three a.m. or do you wait to the morning and watch it on? Well, I, I I always or? I always did it. I always made sure I had a day off, so uh, it's just I I couldn't watch it. Uh, after the fact I had to watch it live because it would totally be spoiled for me because everyone would just come to me and say oh man you can't, can't believe that game and I'm like shh I think I tried it once uh, just because I had to but other than that no no never happening and I just want to give um, a moment of silence to uh, all the Australian and New Zealand fans who don't have Game Pass who are going to have to watch this game with the ESPN commentary <laughs> Booger McFarland doing a Super Bowl yep great you see, the, the, you see, the reason that they won is because they scored more points than the other team. Yeah, yeah. Back to you in the I booth. Like, I like Patrick Mahomes. He's wearing a headband. Cool. Thanks, Booger. <laughs> and on that note, let's just see exactly what Booger does. Uh, well, I don't really care. Let's keep away from it. Like, um, yeah, Super Bowl. Commentator Bingo, how many times do you think they're going to bring up that Garoppolo went to the same university as Romo? <laughs> and how many times has it got to bring up that Mahomes never played in his first season? There's so many, like, it's cliche, cliche heaven, this game. It's going to be great. Yeah, we can maybe do that, get a couple of beers in, see how we go. Anyway, that'll have to do it for now. Uh, we'll see you guys after the game. Thank you very much for joining us through this season. Just enjoy it. Um, this is what it's all about. Have a good time with friends and family if you can. Watch the game, have a couple of beers, whatever if you fancy, whatever your tipple is. We'll see you on the other side. See you later. Take it easy, guys. Bye.